thanks for joining me on underneath the moon podcast where we connect learn practice and experience together we will learn to connect with ourselves through the energies of all the moon phases by using all of earth's elements where we will learn to obtain more abundance and gain a positive perspective let's grow and care for ourselves together let the journey begin Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Underneath the Moon Podcast. How has everyone's week been? Um, I hope that it's been super, super good and full of great energy. Um, We had a nice full strawberry moon this past weekend. I hope you guys got to see it. It was super clear sky here, so we got to see the moon in all of her glory. She was so bright um on Sunday evening I remember saying pointing it out to Andrew yes I'm one of those people that's always like look at the moon look at the moon um so I was pointing it out to Andrew and I'm like look how bright it is and beautiful and um on my street we don't have very many street lights so it was actually really lighting up a lot of the street that's how bright it was and it was such a spectacular sight to see I always love when the moon lights up the sky and it looks so beautiful um, in its full phase Um, and the moon was in Sagittarius so it brought a lot of positive and loving vibes with it Um, I did actually do an Instagram post on this at underneath the moon podcast um, and I talked about this strawberry full moon Uh, And I mentioned that it's a great way to kick off the summer because why else would you or how else would you want to kick the summer off other than being positive and full of love and joy? This strawberry full moon is followed by the summer solstice as well. The summer solstice is tomorrow, Friday, June 21st. It's where the sun will light up the sky for the longest amount of time in the year and it's the first day of summer. We got there, guys. We're here. We're at summer. Although today is super dreary and rainy and it was warm when I went to work. And then when I got out of work, I needed a jacket. So not a heavy jacket or anything, but a spring jacket. So again, our weather is just so flippy floppy. If any of you live in the area that I live in, in Canada, I'm sure you're feeling the same frustrations as me. There are a lot of fun activities that happen revolving around the summer solstice um, in the area that I live in Canada. And there's an annual powwow contest that happens over the weekend of the summer solstice to celebrate. So I think it starts tomorrow and it goes all the way until Sunday. And there's just really super cool activities and awesome things that you can go and watch and um, like the powwow contest. It's really cool to see everybody in what they're wearing and there's drumming and singing and chanting and it's a really great place to be and it's full of positivity and it's celebrating the start of summer. So it's such a great little, I guess it's a festival and um, I've gone once or twice to that and I really enjoyed myself. I don't think I'm going this year, though, because I have other plans, but 
Um, if I didn't have any other plans, I probably would go because it's such a great thing to go to. But when I did go, I bought the two dream catchers that I have. That's where I bought them from. And one of them I keep in my room, of course, and the other one I keep in my car hanging off of the mirror. Uh, so I just am always protected by the dream catchers. The reasoning behind the name Strawberry Full Moon, I'll get back to the moon, is due to the time of year where all of the strawberries start to really ripen and the harvest of these strawberries start, starts. It truly marks the beginning of summer, and since the full moon was in Sagittarius, I really feel the energies are pumping us up and getting us really started for the summer and making us motivated and really looking forward to the next few months. So the work in the house is pretty well finished. I think it's going to be finished up tomorrow. That's what they're telling me. So that's also a really awesome thing to celebrate because we've been living in this mess for a little while. So I'm super, super excited for it to be finished. And I think they're just doing a little bit of the painting and the touch-ups. So it should definitely be finished by tomorrow. And Andrew and I deep cleaned the main floor this past weekend and it felt so good to do that because um, we hadn't really vacuumed very well because the furniture has just been like piled up in different rooms because we're trying to like take the mat take all of our furniture out of the room that they're working in because we don't want it to get damaged so it's been a bit of a whirlwind and kind of like I'm living in the middle of a tornado, but that's okay because we cleaned, we mopped the floors, we vacuumed, I dusted, we cleaned the bathroom. So it really does feel like, you know, the, the change of season is happening and we're going into a different seasonal cycle. We talked about cycles in my last episode, so it does. It really feels like we're changing into that new cycle starting fresh. I really want to create a super safe space for myself in my house. I have come such a long way in my spiritual journey, but I want my home to be my oasis and and somewhere where Andrew can escape and, you know, de-stress from work because work's been pretty tough for him lately. Um, so yeah, Andrew and I are planning out some really exciting things for the house and I think that will help with that. And it makes me so excited and I'm super excited for summer, and just that's my overall mood right now. Excited. So I guess it's a pretty good mood. So anyway, we are coming to another end of the season of an astrological sign, Gemini. I told you, I promised you all that I would have this episode up for you. Yes, I'm leaving it until the last minute like always, but I'm doing it. And I loved looking at this sign in a little bit more depth. Uh, so, as I mentioned before, I happen to be a Gemini magnet. I seem to draw in a lot of Geminis. Like, it's my second nature. It's very weird. When I really started to pay attention to everyone's astrological signs, I was so surprised at how many Geminis are in or have come through my life um quite a bit like I, I mean 
the majority of the people that I have come across befriended an acquaintance, my family, Gemini's. One of these people, my most favorite person in the world, Andrew, is a Gemini. And I am going to have him on the podcast at the end. Surprise, surprise. I decided that I wanted to have someone who is a Gemini kind of speak on the subject. I've got something fun planned. And I never ever thought he would agree to coming on the podcast, actually. But he just jumped right in and he was like, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll come and talk on the podcast. I have no problem doing that. But I have kind of like an easy thing for him to participate in. So in the first episode that he's in, because I do plan on having him on more, because um, he's a very intellectual being. He's so smart. And I just love that about him. So I do want to have his perspective on some different things. I think that would be cool. But for this one, I tried to keep it simple, you know, not put too much pressure on him. So anyway, we'll get into that after I kind of talk about Gemini a little bit. So anyway, this should be good covering Gemini because I have a lot of people in my brain that I can compare the characteristics to as we go along. So let's get started. Gemini is the third sign of the zodiac and the season runs from May 21st until June 20th. The element for this sign is air. My sign is Virgo and Virgo's element is earth. So Andrew and I tend to really complement each other in that aspect, along with many other traits as well. I do know that Geminis tend to have a bad rep amongst all the other um, zodiac signs. I've mentioned this before, and I can understand why they would sort of get this bad reputation. But on the other hand, all of our zodiac signs have downsides and plus sides. So I think it's just, you know, we all have our weaknesses and we all have our strengths. So Gemini's symbol is the twins. I'm sure everybody knows that. When you see the twins, you say, okay, Gemini. Um, I think that this symbol represents this zodiac sign very well as it represents two different personalities, which leaves the rest of us wondering which personality we will run into, right? When, when we befriend or we talk to Gemini, we're kind of like, okay, what mood are you in? Which twin are you representing right now? In one way, they are known to be adventurous, happy, and social creatures, and then all of a sudden, they can become quite serious and restless, just out of the blue. As you can see, the dual personalities really contradict each other and can cause other people to become confused by Gemini, and let's be honest, it can probably confuse a Gemini as well. Mood swings are never really fun to go through. But with Geminis having such a vast difference with their personalities, it enables them to be very open-minded and creative. Geminis can be known to be excellent writers, painters, singers, very artistic beings, at least some of them. Out of all the Geminis I know or have known, um, I would say that it would probably be a 50-50 percentile as to which ones are creative and which ones are logical. I think it's a fair share of people 
that I know who are Geminis are really drawn to the arts. Um, they're super, super creative people. And then the other ones can be more on the logical side and more like Andrew. He's, he's more logical and um, a serious personality. So you can really see the two sides being represented by different Geminis. And, you know, they can have a mix of the two as well. Um, needless to say, Gemini is certainly a zodiac sign that is anything but boring, and they're definitely known to keep everyone on their toes. I know that all of my Gemini friends keep me on my toes, um, because I just never know what their mood's gonna be like. One thing I think most of us know about Geminis, and I believe I've mentioned this before, is that they love to talk, they love to hear themselves speak. I know I've been on the receiving end of this many, many, many times. Never ever a dull moment with a Gemini. And needless to say, never ever an awkward silence with a Gemini around. So if you're having a gathering and you have a bunch of Geminis there, I'm sure one of them's going to be the type that likes to talk. I think they all like to talk. Andrew definitely likes to talk and he definitely likes to talk about himself. Um, but I think that's a good thing because I'm so quiet. So whenever we have group gatherings, he's so good to fill in any of the silences. It's just awesome. That's another thing that we compliment each other for. Um, they can carry a conversation on and on, and they constantly poke at people to attain more information in order to stimulate their minds and to deepen the connection in their relationship. I've spoken with many Geminis who like to strictly talk about themselves, or they love to hear everything about the other person, so it can really go both ways. I think people in general like to talk about themselves. I mean, I've caught myself talking about myself way too often and you know you kind of have to go in your mind and say okay let's take a step back and let's talk about the other person here give them a chance to speak um however most gemini's can be on a whole other level of talking about themselves um i must stress this though not every single gemini is like this it can depend on which personality they're portraying as well I've had one Gemini in my life who strictly spoke about themselves, and this goes without saying, as I'm a Virgo and an empath, I did not fare well with this certain individual. But on the other hand, I've come across a few other Geminis who definitely know how to give and take, who are very much interested in the other person, as well as talking about themselves. Um, so I get along with those Geminis very, very well. So it does vary. Along with this, Geminis are known to be a little wishy-washy. They can change their moods on a whim. The twins come into play there. So that can leave the rest of us very confused as to which personality we're going to come across on which day. Although with so many different moods that come into play within a Gemini, this makes them easily adaptable and they can tackle a lot of different tasks at once. So the downside to this is that a Gemini can be interested in so many different things and take on so many different tasks that they can tend to leave a lot of them unfinished. And so they lack on the follow-through of the activities. 
uh, I've seen this. I mean, I can be the same. You know, you get so excited and passionate about something. When the idea crosses your mind, you just want to fulfill it. But I think if you take too much on, your plate gets too full and you just you can't really direct your attention to just one thing because you have so many things going on. So it really doesn't work out so well. But a Gemini always means well, even if they are considered to be a bit scatterbrained, good is always behind it. Well, usually behind it. I guess it can depend on the person, right? But they mean well. Their, their hearts are big and, and they mean well. Within their careers, they are known to work hard and constantly strive to take on new projects and really draw either their logical sides or their creative sides to the task. Um, Geminis are known to be light and young at heart. They love constant adventure, whether it be outside with art or creativity or simply exploring a new video game. Andrew plays into this a lot. He might not be the most adventurous outside, although he's getting to be a little bit more adventurous. We're going to pick up a fishing rod for him and some fishing stuff, and we're gonna do some fishing this summer. I mean, I won't do fishing because I probably won't touch the fish because I just won't. You know, the catch and release, though. We're not gonna fish and then eat it, I don't think. Um... Who knows, though? Maybe I've heard Andrew has done that before a long, long time ago. He used to fish when he was a child, so I've been trying to get him a little bit more connected to his inner child as well because um, his parents used to bring him camping all the time and they would go fishing and catch frogs and all that stuff. So I'm hoping that he can maybe get back into that and have it as a hobby. And then he also really likes to play video games a lot, so his mind is always constantly stimulated with these new video games. He played video games when he was a kid as well, so that's constantly connecting him back to his inner child. But um, he likes to play video games and explore the new worlds in the video games. He likes those video games that have the open world concept so he can go and look at all of these things. So even though he's not as adventurous for outdoor things, he does express his adventure side within playing his video games. And he's very good at them, I must say. He's super good at video games. Um, Geminis also like to be resourceful. Uh, they like to have all of their bases covered. A lot of Geminis I know are pro at camping because they are so resourceful and know what they're doing. So Andrew's one of those people. He knows how to build a fire. He knows how to light a fire. Um, he knows how to set up a tent. He knows how to boil the water. So when we go camping, I can always depend on him. I love camping. Don't get me wrong. I'm trying to figure out how to get around this because I want to camp so bad. Whenever I go camping, I can't sleep because I always feel too damp when I'm sleeping. So someone, one of my friends, she told me that if I get something to put me off of the ground, that might help. So I'm going to try that because I love camping and, you know, using all of nature's resources, like using the fire to cook. And then you have access to going to swim in the water whenever you want. Um, and then you can go and sit on the beach and enjoy nature. So I really do love camping and I want to camp just when I can't sleep. It ruins the whole entire vacation for me because I'm just this grumpy person that 
hasn't slept. So goal for this summer is to go camping and try out one of those things that like raises me off of the ground and we'll see if that works. I'm crossing my fingers. So Geminis are often an asset to any team or group experience. They often won't take the lead unless completely necessary, but if it is necessary, they will take the lead. And they are like that in their working environment as well. They like to work with the other people as a group. They're good at being team players. Um, they won't take the lead too often, but if it needs to be done, they will take the lead. And I know that Andrew's talked to me about some of his work stuff, and he's definitely like that. Very dedicated employee. So anyway, those are kind of the basic traits that Gemini has, the negatives and the positives, the strengths and the weaknesses, just like all of the other zodiac signs have. Um, but I want to get into a little bit more of Gemini with Andrew on the astrological signs since he happens to be one. So I have found a questionnaire online that will focus in on which type of Gemini he is. Um, I think it's to try and decide which twin he goes towards, like which he's associated with most. And I also think it's to see if his personality actually matches a Gemini personality. So this should be interesting because I don't see Andrew as your conventional Gemini. I've never really thought Andrew to be much of a Gemini, um, but since I've learned more about Gemini, I can see some of the traits, definitely some, but he's not really in the conventional Gemini traits. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and say that he is more on the logical side. He kind of lacks in the creativity department. Um, so we'll see. All right, everyone. So welcome, Andrew, to the podcast. Hello, hello. Um, I've never recorded with someone in the room with me, so this is new for me. I usually do it over Zoom or Skype, but anyway, um, glad to have Andrew on here. I know I talk about him all the time, so now you get to meet him through the podcast. Um, so I have a questionnaire here for us to do that um, helps you decide between which one of the twins you are for the Gemini um, astrological sign. So I will ask you these questions and then you have to choose. And then at the end, it'll apparently decide what type of Gemini you are. Okay. So I don't know if it's going to be accurate or not, but I thought this was kind of a fun thing to do and different than what I usually do for covering the astrological signs. So here we go. Sure. Let's hope I'm not the evil twin. I don't think there's an evil twin. So is an evil twin. I don't think there's an evil twin in Gemini, though. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so number one, what would you do if you were offered two new jobs? No problem. I'm usually good at making decisions. I'd weigh both job options and choose the one that was definitely the better fit of the two. 
I might ask someone else for an opinion, but I think I could make the final choice myself. I'd ask someone I trust to help me look at both job offers and decide which one is the best for me. I'd look at the pros and cons of both and then I'd choose the best job or maybe the other job is the best one so I'd choose that one or maybe the first job was better. I can't decide. Hmm, let's see. I'd probably go with the first one. I thought so. I could probably answer this questionnaire for you. Probably. That's <laughs> how well we know each other. Um, okay, question number two. What would you do if you were at a party and the fun was starting to die down? Number one, we probably wouldn't be at a party. Yeah, who are you kidding? <laughs> but anyway, number one, I'd stay a while longer, but if the party didn't perk up soon, I'd go home. I'd figure it was time to call it a night and head home. I'd start telling some of my funny stories to liven things up. I'd turn up the music and start an impromptu dance contest. I'd suggest a game of Twister that usually gets everyone going again. I'd definitely go with the second one, figuring it was time to call it a night. All right. Question number three. What would you do if you and your partner both wanted to make an expensive purchase, but there was only enough money in your budget for one of you to get what you want right now? I'd say let's wait on paying one of our bills so we could both have what we want. After all, the bill will still be there when we eventually pay it. I'd let my partner know that I wouldn't be very happy if I couldn't have what I want. I'd give in if my partner was insistent, but I'd probably pout for a day or two. I'd try to convince my partner that it's my turn to have what I want. I'd let my partner get what he or she wanted because that would make me happy too. Definitely the last one. See guys, this is why I'm marrying him. <laughs> um question number four you encounter a homeless person on the street what do you do i'd feel bad for that person but i'd realize that i can't really help him if he's not willing to help himself i'd try to talk to that person and find out how he ended up that way and help him figure out what he needed to get back what he needed to get back on his feet. I'd talk to that person and offer to help him find the nearest shelter. I'd reach in my pocket and give that person money to help him out. I'd offer to buy that person something to eat and a sleeping bag. Yeah, I'd definitely go for the first one. Yeah, I knew that Just too. Just basically realizing that like, if they're not going to help themselves, well, not much I can do. Yeah, I knew that one too. What would you do if a friend was having an emotional crisis? I'd try to comfort them, but I wouldn't want to hear all the details about their troubles. I'd try to keep all my friendships on the lighter side. I'd set aside everything else I had going on and stay with my friend and support them until, sh until they felt better. I'd offer them sympathy, but I would find it irritating if they didn't snap out of it fairly quickly. I'd offer my best advice and try to talk to them into a better frame of mind. Then I'd call another friend to come over and stay with them so I could get out of there and shake off all of the negative energy. I'd stay with them as long as I could to make sure they were feeling better, but I'd be anxious to get back to my own life as soon as possible. Hmm. It's different for guys. Like, I, I feel like guys talk to each other differently. This, they wanted me, this is, I think this is more directed towards a female, but. I think so. I feel like more of the second one, like, I'd be there for my friends. Okay. Question number six. 
you're following a recipe and you realize you don't have a couple of the ingredients, what do you do? I'd adapt the recipe by substituting a similar ingredient and see how it turned out. I look at cooking as an adventure. I'd ask my neighbor if I could borrow an ingredient I didn't have. I'd either find a substitution in my pantry or just give up on making the recipe that day. I'd stop what I was doing and go to the store for what I needed. Recipes are meant to be followed as written. I'd either substitute an ingredient or leave out what was missing if I thought the recipe could work without it. Definitely the last one, but I could also go for the one of going to the grocery store as well. Yeah, often if there's a re- like something missing in a recipe, I'm I I will I will substitute substitute or Andrew will like drop everything and go and pick up the ingredient I need, but you want to go with the last one then? Well, it all it all really depends on what's missing, right? Like and I if guess you're missing it... like a super key ingredient, then like you kind of have to get it or else you can't make the recipe. Like if the recipe calls for like flour or sugar, and you don't have either, then... Yeah, so it depends on what you're making. But if it's, like, a spice or something that's, like, missing on, like, the side of a recipe, then, like, that you can either skip or thing. It really depends what's missing. Yeah, so let's just choose the last one. Sure. Question number seven. What would you do if you overheard several co-workers sharing the latest gossip and you knew they had some facts wrong? I'd tell them I have the real scoop, but they'd have to wait to hear it until after work. I'd go fill them in on all of the correct details immediately. I'm up to date on all the latest gossip that I love to talk about it. I'd tell them they have some of their facts wrong and I'd tease them by refusing to share what I've heard. I'd sit and listen in, then I'd share what I've heard. I'd ignore their conversation. I have better things to do than waste my time chattering about things that don't really matter to me. The last one. Yep. (laughs) How'd you know? (laughs) Question number eight, what would you do if you did something wrong and you were worried about getting caught? I'd wait and keep my mouth shut if anyone found out what I did. I'd just charm my way out of it as usual. I'd have to come clean if my conscience was bothering me. It's the responsible, mature thing to do. I would probably try to pass off what I did on someone else. You always have to look out for number one, right? I would probably try to hide what I did for as long as possible and I wouldn't own up to it if it couldn't be pinned on me. I guess I'd have to own up to what I did if I got caught. There is no I guess I'd have to I'd have to own up well, to what I think. It's just you do own up to what you do. Well, if you yeah, make a mistake, you, you own up to it. So you'd choose the number two. I'd have to come clean if my conscience was bothering me. It's the responsible, mature thing to do. Well, even if my conscience wasn't bothering me, it's still the right thing to do. You make a mistake, own your mistakes. That's how you learn from them. So which one? I guess I'd have to own up to what Well, I, I guess did. the second one then, because it's being like you're feeling guilty. Yeah. Question number nine. How would you feel about being in a long-term relationship? Well, you already are, so... I, mean, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is already pretty long-term. <laughs> a long-term relationship might be good, but I'm not sure I'm completely cut out for fidelity. I really need my freedom to do what I please. I'd really like to try being in a long-term relationship. I think I'd be good at it. Definitely that one. I'm pretty sure I'm good at it. <laughs> it's lasted this long. I'd love being in a long-term relationship unless I began feeling trapped. Then I'd probably start looking for someone new. The beginning of a relationship is always the most fun. I think I could handle a long-term relationship if my partner and I worked to keep things from becoming boring. The idea of a long-term relationship really appeals to me because there are fewer and fewer surprises the more you get to know your partner. 
knowing what is ex- is expect knowing what to expect is comforting the last one i guess i don't know it's either the last one or the second last one about like working and keeping it not boring i mean both are important right like keeping things not boring for a long-term relationship but at the same time kind of knowing what to expect is nice as well well which one do you feel more strongly towards this is a hard question because he's already in a long-term relationship yeah um i guess the last one okay i mean i know what to expect from you right oops um question number 10 imagine you're working on a project at your job and you hit a snag how would you handle it this is a good one I have no patience for figuring things out on my own. I'd ask a coworker or supervisor to take a look at the issue and to help me figure out how to work around it. I'd take a break from the project and then see if I could find someone to help me. I don't like being pinned down by difficulties. I'd dig in and figure out how to work it out myself. I'd spend some time trying to figure it out on my own, but then I'd ask someone at the company for help. I'd do as much as I could on my own to work through the snag. I don't mind challenges, but I know when to ask for help if I can't figure something out for myself. Yeah, the definitely last the one. last one. I was like, they could technically all apply except for the second one. Oh, this is the quiz result. Oh, cool. So I'm the evil one, right? No, you are not a typical Gemini. I said this earlier on in the podcast. I see some similarities but for the most part like i don't see real andrew really as a gemini you're one of those undercover gemini's who don't show a lot of the typical characteristics associated with this sun sign this is most likely due to a number of aspects in your birth chart that have their own effect on your personality i want to do andrew's birth chart we just have to ask his mom like when he was born exactly what time you were born at we always forget though <laughs> Unlike the typical Gemini, you're more self-assured and better able to make decisions without needing as much backup from the people who surround you. This self-assurance carries through in your work and personal life. Friends can count on you, co-workers respect your ethics, and you know how to manage your money. This is all so true. While you do have sympathy for people who are down on their luck, you may tend to look at these situations with a more cynical eye. Yeah, that's true. You're not heartless, but you're not particularly convinced you can make a lasting difference in someone's life by offering a quick fix. Perhaps your biggest difference from the classic Gemini personality is in your outlook on love and relationships. You enjoy your freedom when you have it, but the idea of a lasting relationship doesn't make you feel like you're stepping into a cage. Well, thank God for that. (laughs) You welcome the prospect of finding the right partner and settling down. If you're not actually in a relationship now, you're probably on the lookout for that special someone. Now that you know how close you are to the true Gemini personality, you might enjoy learning about Gemini's basic compatibility with the rest of the zodiac signs. Sure. Well, sun signs. Of course. I haven't really looked into, like, what Gemini is most compatible with. I think... I don't know. I mean, I'm a Virgo, and I don't really butt heads with you too much, but... But as it said, you're not a typical Gemini, and I've butted heads with many Geminis. Fair. So, I guess I'm lucky that he's not a typical Gemini, because I don't know if we would have lasted as long as we have if if you, like, were some of the main characteristics that Gemini has. I, I don't know if we would have lasted as long. 
Never know. Never know. Never know. Yeah, you can... You never know. Life's life's what it is, right? Yep. But anyway, I thought that was kind of a fun thing to do. I mean, I do want to have Andrew back on the podcast to kind of talk about relationship stuff. Sure. I think that would be kind of a fun thing to record because Andrew and I are such a good team and I feel like we have a lot of advice and I don't know, a lot of knowledge on relationship stuff. Knowledge and advice and wisdom. Uh, All right. Well, um, I guess we'll wrap up the podcast episode up here. Sure. Um, Thanks for joining me on the podcast even though it was super super short not a problem at all and um yeah so i hope you all have a good rest of your week um and i'll see you in the next podcast episode sending love and light to all of you bye